Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of professional wrestling. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. How are you, JR? What's going on, man? Uh, good, man. Good. Getting ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Little improv. It's always an improv when you're when you're a single guy. So uh I'm looking forward to the this week and some good food, some football, and just pretty much normal guy stuff. It's gonna be a fun week for football and of course for wrestling. Of course, as folks are listening to this, AEW Dynamite was last night in Chicago. Got a big show coming up this weekend, Collision in Pittsburgh. Tickets are on sale now, AEWTIX.com. Uh, I guess we should just start right off at the top, man. What an incredible pay-per-view it was this past weekend, full gear. Uh, not one without a little bit of controversy. It was a polarizing match. It was maybe the ultimate death match in the history of American pay-per-view. Hangman and Swerve. What did you think, Jim? It was, uh, it was a lot of drama, and a lot of physicality. Uh, they raised the bar as I tweeted out, uh, as it matches going on, 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 uh, uh, you know, those type matches, those hardcore type matches. It reminded me a lot of, uh, an old ECW sh- uh, show or matches and the moose set, the, the, uh, the, the, the violence, I guess it was a hell of a performance for those guys. And uh, I'm proud of both their efforts, whether you like the hardcore style or you don't like the hardcore style. The one thing you cannot do is to, uh, criticize the efforts and the work rate of the talents, uh, that was covered. So, uh, uh, but there are a lot of really good matches on that pay-per-view. I watched it on my iPad, uh, here in Jacksonville and thought it was just a smashing hit for what I saw. I knew what it was going to be like, and it was exactly like I thought it was going to be. I don't want to sound like, oh, I know everything. Right. I just, I just thought that they, the, the whole crew delivered and it was hard because, you know, the, the management of the blood unique. Uh, so it was, a it was a challenge to the talents to, to follow what they're following. So, but nonetheless, I thought they pulled it off very well. They should be proud of their efforts. And, uh, so nonetheless, it was a fun show to watch. And I think that as usual, for whatever reason, AEW always seems to deliver in the, uh, in crunch time with these pay-per-view shows. It's just, it's uncanny how the guys rise to the occasion and they pull this thing off and they certainly pulled it off, uh, in California. Well, one of the other big announcements that Tony Khan had been teasing, we got a question about from two count Kyle, as we're doing a very special Thanksgiving day edition of ask Jr. anything and our pal two count Kyle, who can always count on to bring some good questions says, Jim, who do you think will be will Ospreay's first opponent in AEW, and who are you most looking forward to seeing him go up against? Well, you know, everybody wants to see somebody wrestle Brian Danielson. And I think that would be at the top of my list, but the roster is getting thicker with talented workers and getting more populated with, with, uh, with, with excellent workers. So it's hard to say, you know, it could be a Brian Danielson. It could be some Kenny Omega. It could be, uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff, not Jeff, uh, um, 
I'll think of it here in a second, but nonetheless, uh, it was, there's a lot of talents. That's why I'm kind of not confused, but I'm muddled here, but I, I think that, uh, there's a lot of guys, Jericho, I was trying to say, there's just so many candidates to work with the uh, Osprey and, uh, not just everybody can work with him because of his uniqueness, but, uh, there's a lot of matches I would like to book if I was doing that and, and give it a roll and see what's happening. So, uh, it should be a, it's going to be fun going forward. No doubt, because there's just a lot of guys are lining up to work with Osprey because he's so good and so different. So, uh, it would be a nice attraction when he, when he starts and, uh, uh, I'm hoping to be able to call some of those matches. Bryant has a great, a great question about video games. He wants to know when adding your voice to video games, how much ad libbing were you allowed? Did they normally hand you a script of what they wanted or could you bring in your own things to say? Well, they, they gave me a script to, as a guideline, uh, even in WWE did the same thing, but they gave us the, when Lawler and I were doing them, they gave us the opportunity and the chance to do uh, more ad libbing. As long as we stay within the, the theory of the storylines, uh, we could be ourselves a little bit more. So, uh, it, you get a little freedom and that's good because it doesn't, you don't make that doesn't make you feel like you're tied down to something. Uh, you still tell the same story. You still travel the same road. It's just the fact that, you know, you gotta be, uh, that puts everybody on the same page. I probably, in all honesty, looked at my notes a little bit more than Lawler, uh, cause he's a freewheeler and, uh, but we still successfully did some amazing video games with still some lofty numbers, uh, to our credit. Mark Jackson has a great question about Jerry. He wants to know when did you first get to work behind the mic with Jerry and how long was it before you realized you had the signature chemistry? that define the attitude era. Did you guys know you had chemistry right away? Uh, we kind of felt something was different. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't something we were expecting because I worked with Lawler the first time in mid South wrestling. He came in with Jerry Jarrett to talk to cowboy about a talent trade of which was consummated and some famous names were brought in and some famous names left. Uh, but it was an opportunity for these two promoters to cooperate, which is unusual in, in the wrestling business. So, but I think right away we had a feel that this could be really good. Uh, and, uh, sure enough, it was. David Garcia has a question about commentary specifically about Gino. He says, Jr. was the voice of my adolescence, gorilla monsoon, the voice of my childhood. Jr. spoken fondly of Gino. I don't think he gets his just due as an announcer. What's his take on monsoons play by play with Jesse Ventura and Bobby, the brain Heenan. Uh, they were excellent. They were really excellent. Uh, monsoon could work with anybody as long as she remembered and understood that he's in the lead. Just follow. Uh, when I first started doing commentary in, uh, WWE, uh, monsoon and I did a lot of wrestling challenge. The syndicate, one of the syndicated shows, uh, we did a lot of work there hours of work to, to kind of perfect our game, but it also much like Lawler, uh, came around quickly because gorilla had, was so fundamentally sound. He had great product knowledge. Uh, he, he had no issues making his partner look good or participate in the commentary. 
So, uh, it was, uh, a fun experience and it, it, you know, I've been in the business 19 years when I got to WWE in 70 and 93, excuse me. Uh, and I, it was an adventure because I've been used to working with some of the same guys more often than not. And this gave me a chance to spread my wings a little bit and learn from, uh, from the greats, you know, watching Heenan work with monsoon was a great education for me. Uh, their timing, their com- comedic input, all those things. So they were, uh, really, uh, it was, that was really important to me. And I, I got, I learned, I got two great friends out of it. They're both no longer with us. I hate to say, but it's true. Uh, but I had a great time working with those guys. They were so unselfish. They were very professional. They took me under their wing and kept giving me knowledge and I kept accepting it and learning it. So, uh, it was a, it was a fun experience to say the least. I couldn't be where I am today. if I hadn't had the opportunity to work with monsoon and Heenan at various points in my WWE run. What a great question, you know, about WrestleMania, because I know that was your first shot with WWE was calling WrestleMania with gorilla and. Uh, Sean Brown wants to know with WWE being a truly global product, do you think WrestleMania could bring in more money as a broadcast, as opposed to a premium live event stream? They do with Peacock, the advertising they could sell during commercial breaks would be right up there with a super bowl. That's something I've never really thought about, but that's an interesting idea. The idea that, you know, it could become a, a broadcast ratings juggernaut. I don't think it would rival the super bowl, but. Boy, it would get quite an audience. Like as you and I are recording this past Monday night, we had a rematch from the Super Bowl, the Eagles versus the Chiefs. Twenty-eight point nine million people watched that Monday night football affair. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what kind of rating a WrestleMania would get. Do you think that's possible with uh the way the landscape has continued to change? I guess it's possible, Connie, if there's enough uh if this decision was made to go that direction and rebuild their model. But, uh, WWE has given a lot of thought forced them forethought to this concept. And it seems to be working for them. Their numbers are good. Uh, the, the bottom line numbers are excellent. So, uh, it seems like they have a formula that right, right now that works. And I don't look for them to change that anytime. Pardon me anytime soon. Great follow-up question. Sort of in that same vein of WrestleMania, Sandy wants to know. Are there any wrestlers who have retired that you wish you would have been able to call their last match? Like Austin at WrestleMania 38 or Undertaker at WrestleMania 36. And conversely, are there any active wrestlers you'd like to call their last match? Oh, there's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of them uh, that I would like to have the honor of uh, calling their last match. I don't sleep on it too much. I don't worry about it because it's out of my control. But sure, uh, I would have liked to have called some of the matches of, of the guys that were getting ready to hang it up. It's good. The tribute to them is something that announcers always, I think, uh, look forward to. Uh, it's a, it's a compliment. It's an honor. And, you know, I've had a lot of the talents come to go to Vince and say, we want JR to call our match. And I look at that as, uh, as, a something very, very special. So, uh, you know, you, you like to think that all those, some of those guys I signed would be a short list, uh, of, uh, how I feel about them personally, 
and to be able to call their last match, you know, do you ever really know when it's somebody's last match? That's the one thing about it. If it was all conclusive and you knew that somebody was going to be, uh, you know, having their last go round, sure. You, you're, 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 it's, it's interesting. And, uh, but that's just, doesn't seem to be the fit right now, but, uh, I'd love to do that. And, uh, but it's just not in the cards cause I'm working for AEW, AEW and, uh, and happily. So I'll just, I'll give me a new list when the AEW guys start getting a little bit older and some of them start thinking about hanging it up. That's probably when I'll focus on that question a little bit more. Well, I'll tell you, it sure would be special to think about you and Tony Schiavone, perhaps calling stings last match. We know that is on the horizon and to think about that first clash of the champions, you and Tony doing that together would have been pretty awesome. Actually, speaking of Tony, Martin has a question that says, isn't it cool that you and Tony Schiavone are still working at a high level after all these years? I love you guys work. Well, I, I like to think it's because we're pretty decent at what we do. Yep. And, uh, we're still actively involved in, uh, you know, our own announcing creative. We're allowed to work, uh, freely. And, uh, that's a great thing as a broadcaster, because you're out there on a, on an Island. And, uh, so you never know what the future is going to hold. Hell who knew I was going to be doing the AEW a few years ago, you know, when I left WWE the last time it seemed like that. Well, that's, that was a fun run. And then all of a sudden here we are again in the thick of it. And, uh, which I do enjoy doing. It's, it's a different, it's a different path. It's a different routing. It's a different sound. And, and it's a different talent base. So, uh, I'm happy with what I've been doing. Uh, I want to get healthy obviously and, uh, and, and bring it, bring it full circle. Well, I'll tell you what, right now, especially on days like today, I'm reminded that there's so much to be thankful for family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. And I am absolutely pumped about this. Of course, we know there's going to be three football games today for the NFL but man, we've got a whole host of fantastic games this weekend. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code Jim Ross. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code Jim Ross. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problems by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccp.g. My apologies, ccpg.org. I'll get it right here. 
on behalf of boot Hill casino and resort must be 21 or older in most eligible States, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com forward slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Uh, great question here from Nick. What was your favorite match you ever announced? Now, I think that might be too broad, Jim. So let's, let's break it down. What was your favorite mid South match? Does one stick out above all the others? Well, there are several, uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, when, uh, Dr. Death got the title, uh, there was a series of matches involving him and, uh, big boss man and Terry Gordy and one man gang that I enjoyed because they were violent, they're physical, and, uh, they were just fun as hell to call big men beating the hell out of each other and telling a good story. is what you found in that equation. Uh, I think, uh, WCW, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of really good stuff. That's kind of been forgotten, but I, uh, some of that stuff with, uh, you know, we had a program there with Flair and DiBiase that was stellar. Um, but you know, I, I, there's a lot of real good ones and, you know, sometimes I have to go back and review the ones that were made the, the all-star list because there were plenty of them. And, uh, those are the, what creates the great memories and helps to contribute to somebody's legacy. What about a WCW match? Do you have a favorite WCW match you called? Uh, yeah. Flair and steamboat. Mm. There were three of them and they were awesome. All of all three were awesome. They told a different story in each match. They meaning Rick and, and Ricky. And I uh, will always remember those matches as three of the very best, not only that I ever called, but I ever saw. So, uh, those are, those stand out for sure. Ari has a great question. Great friend of the show. Always bringing the good questions. The oil bust in the mid South decided as the reason that the cowboy had to sell the UWF, one of the last territories that drew money. Do you think the territories fighting the WWF invasion was futile? Well, in hindsight, it was in hindsight. It was certainly, uh, we didn't think so at the very moment we thought we could, we could air it out and last it out. But we were wrong. We kept still trying to put out good matches and good shows and our TV ratings are still amazing, but we just didn't have the working capital financially, uh, to make it work. Uh, and that's, there's just no disposable income. You know, we were getting double digit rate ratings, uh, in these markets that we were in, but, uh, we, we just. We, we didn't have the money to, to, to perpetuate it. And that was because of the huge amount of unemployment in uh, our territory. It's just the business model changed drastically. And uh, every tick that, uh, went downward, uh, was another day of challenge. So, uh, that's when I sought out the Crockett's and, and ended up selling the company. So Jimmy and, uh, and, and, and family. So, uh, but it was, that was the, that was the deal. I don't, we had the same talents we had good talents. It's just, 
it's just crazy. So, uh, yeah, the, the economy and the oil boom, the oil bust where everything was so dependent upon the oil business and petroleum, uh, issues that, uh, you know, it, it took the bat out of our hands. Interesting question here from, uh, Thomas. He says, Jim, if the good Lord said you're not done yet, but I'm going to pause everything and you'll be the sole booker of any promotion past or present, which one would you choose? Let me add a little wrinkle to that though, Jim. Let's say it's a place you didn't work. So we won't pick WCW. We won't pick the WWF. We won't pick AEW. We might not even pick mid South, but of the old territory days. And I guess we could throw in, you know, new Japan or TNA or whatever. Is there one promotion that you always sort of thought, man, it would have been cool to work there. And yeah, Florida. Okay. Eddie learning under Eddie Graham would have been a treat and a, and a, and a uh, just a, a, a gift, uh, the weather, the driving territory, more often than not, you're in a car not an airplane. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, Florida would have been a nice opportunity to try to get better at your, at your pro wrestling skill sets. Joshua Culver wants to know, does Jr. have a collection of his action figures? You've had more than one action figure over the years, Jim. Do you have all your action figures? I don't think so. Conrad. I don't, and, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that, but I don't think I do. Uh, the ones I have, the newest one from AEW is a really cool piece. And we've got them signed and available for shipping, uh, at, uh, dot com. So, uh, but I don't have all that stuff. In my younger days, I tried to collect about everything. As I got older, I collected less. Uh, I think that's just the human nature of the, of the situation. Uh, but, uh, I wish in hindsight, I had collected everything that came out on, on Jr. Uh, it's just, you know, life and business and work and things like that change things. And, uh, my memorabilia collection changed over time as well. I'd like to get back into that mode. And, you know, sometimes when I make these appearances, uh, which I'm getting ready as soon as I'm healthy, which will be sooner than later, uh, I'll be able to get back in the hunt, making some appearances. So when I go to these appearances, sometimes I see items that I don't have. And that, so I buy them and, uh, you know, it just, but you kind of get out of that mode. You're hurrying and, and hurrying and making a flight and, and all these things. So, uh, I kind of got out of that mode, but I'm getting back into that mode now because the, the, the merchandise is just so much uh, cleaner and cooler. So, uh, I wish I had done that earlier, quite frankly. I know we normally, uh, have a conversation about all this at the end of the program, but I think we should just remind everybody right now. Man, you've got the ultimate stocking stuff for selection right now over at jrsbbq.com. Something for everybody, whether you're looking for that main event mustard or that Chipotle ketchup, two different types of barbecue sauce. We got red ass JR's hot sauce and who could forget my favorite, the all purpose seasoning. But as you mentioned, action figures, trading cards. Oh my, it's all at <laughs> jrsbbq.com. Tell us about it, Jim. Well, we got a lot of items. We've got food items, obviously, as you can see on the screen, if you're watching, uh, cutting boards, action figures, sign, uh, tops, cards, 
uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, plus our traditional roster of uh, sauces and hot sauce and things of that nature. So uh, we've expanded our inventory more than I, quite frankly, when we started this, I didn't think we'd have this many products. So we got some, we got a great selection for uh, just about anybody in the family. And whether you're looking for something that tastes good, uh, food is a great item to, to, to gift. So, uh, you know, check that out as an idea, but you're right. Stocking stuffers is right down our alley. And if you got a wrestling fan in your family and you want to get them something that's that's a personal gift, uh, all these products you see on the screen make, uh, good selections. So, uh, but I had last night cause I, my blood sugar has gone crazy and I'm trying to get it under control. It's not under control right now. My blood pressure, my blood sugar is around 400. Oh, and that's dangerous. That's, that's a, that's a diabetic seizure time. And that's why I'm doing so much medical work. It seems like every day I got some appointment with some specialist. And, uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm working hard on that. I started doing insulin injections, uh, on Monday. So that's supposed to help it. And, uh, Giving yourself a shot every night is unique, different, uh, but boy, thank God the medicines have, imp- have improved and the nature of, of getting that insulin in your system is, uh, really vital. And I didn't think I'd get to that point where I'd have to take shots every day, but that's where I am and I'm happy to do it because it's going to save my life. Well, damn nation we're pulling for you, Jim. Hope that, uh, hope that all that gets under control. My goodness. It will. It got to, that's my thought. Uh, let's talk about some old wrestling here. Let's, uh, let's try to have a little fun. Sean Collis wants to know any truth. You were looking to sign Gary Albright from the UWFI. His Takata feud was awesome. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Gary on the program over the years. Big, rough guy, big, tough guy. Uh, certainly a guy that, uh, deserved recognition. I think, I think Gary wrestled as an amateur at Nebraska. Uh, so he had a good background, big rugged dude, durable. It seemed like, so yeah, we had an interest in him, but what would you would have there, uh, is a situation where guys could, uh, they could make a good living working part-time. That sounds familiar with AEW to me. Uh, which is a, a talent's dream because you get, if you choose to, you get to establish a home, home life. And, uh, so and a lot of those guys did that and they were hard to recruit because they were already on the road. They were already established. They could heal up off their tours because they, their style of wrestling was so different and so physical that, uh, it, it, you know, you needed to, you needed some healing time. And that was why it was so hard to get doc and Gordy and Hanson and Brody and some of those dudes who had those huge Japanese deals working part-time. So, uh, but yeah, Gary Albright was always, always on my short list of guys I wanted to recruit big, big bull. He's a big bull, a lot like Vader, you know, just big, rugged and uh, seemed to be durable based on his schedule there. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, 
which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Great question about the current AEW roster here. Dan, the Don wants to know who is an AEW wrestler. That's got it that nobody is talking about. And I don't know. Everybody's talking about somebody. It seems like Connie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that would be. There's a lot of them that I take for granted because I see them so often, but in reality, uh, you know, they're just, there's several guys. That's a great thing about the AEW roster, all shapes and sizes and age groups, age and demographics, uh, sitting in a pretty good spot right now. It seems to me like are the, is the Tony Khan's roster. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see who, who evolves, who, who develops, who continues to develop. That may be more important who continues to develop. And we got a lot of candidates for that role. Darren Staley has a great question that I know is going to help us sell some hot sauce too. Let's talk <laughs> about giving you the red ass here. What misinformed narrative or thoughtless hot take gives Jr. the old red ass the most. Oh, heck. I don't know. There's always some rumor going out there. And then the more you hear it, the more you believe it to be true, which isn't true. Uh, so, but that's just the nature of the internet beast. Everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got a case they want to plead. So, uh, it's hard to say, pick out one because they're crazy. They're all over the place. So, uh, I, I think that, I think we're, I think it's just a, Hey, look, you hear it in the NFL, you hear it everywhere. Who's going to be the quarterback of the jets. Uh, who's going to be this, who's going to do that. Uh, and that's what you have. And that's just the nature of the beast in this, uh, uh, internet world. And it's always, it's going to, it's going to be, do nothing but increase in my opinion over time, because that's just, again, the nature of the beast, whether no matter what your occupation or what your vocation is, uh, you can expect to find some dirt, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on these searches, but you know, you got them. So you just deal with it. Don't take it too seriously. Interesting question about multitasking from Matt, how difficult it is. How difficult is it when during a match gorilla may want you guys to promote the main event while the match is going on, when you're trying to not completely bury or disregard the match that's happening in the ring at the time, like WWE had you guys do this all the time. You'd be talking about so-and-so was trending here and we've got this new promotion coming up and. Here's our main event storyline and oh, the big pay-per-views coming up. Meanwhile, the guys in the ring are working their ass off and we're just not paying very much attention to that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a problem for me. You got to pick your spots. Yes. 
hammer locks, overhand wrist locks, stationary uh, movement, all those things fit, fit into your answer to your question uh, uh, there. So I don't know. I, I you, you got to pay attention to the product. It's like saying something, the ball is on the 25 yard line and people are driving for a touchdown and you're talking about what's going to be happening at halftime. It's not good. It takes your mind off the game, mind off the prize. I never liked that. I, I think we should have been more selective. And when we promote a match or still to come tonight or next week or whatever, uh, we needed to, we needed to be more, uh, selective. And then when you hear somebody in your headset, say promote the match, you know, they didn't want you to wait. This one's right then, right now. So, uh, you know, you just, you do what you're told, but you also try to use a little bit of common sense and not take somebody completely out of the mood and the mode of listening to a wrestling match. Interesting question here from uh, Stuart Brody. And this is about one of the most famous matches in history. I think it's Cody's favorite match of all time. He wants to know in the rock Hogan match at WrestleMania 18, did you pre pre plan the line? He beat Andre the giant with that move after the leg drop, or did it just come to you in the moment? It was an unforgettable moment made legendary with your call. Well, thank you. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, forecast that line. It just happened. It worked. It's memorable. We're talking about it today, all these years later. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you gotta just roll with it. You know, I, it was just, it was one of those lines that popped in my head. Seemed like it fit. It seemed like it fit the moment, which is the most important thing. I didn't, I didn't weasel it in, uh, but I, I, I did the line because I felt like it worked and it was relatable. So, uh, cause we didn't have a lot of material prepared. I didn't, I don't think a lot of ever had a lot of material prepared. Uh, but we, uh, uh, you just gotta go with the flow and find something. Find something that you can tie together, find something that's, that's germane to the topic. And, uh, that's what we were looking for. That's what I was looking for. And we, we found a line here and there that seemed like it worked in that match. That match is still, that match is going to be talked about and remembered for years. And I'm glad I got a chance to be a part of it. Well, if you're looking to take part in a match that people will remember for years, can we recommend blue chew? It's going to get you five-star reviews in the bedroom. Jr. and I are both big believers in this. We think you will be too. And we want you to try it because blue chew is a unique online service that delivers you the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost, take them anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process really is so simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, well, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package, but there won't be anything discreet about your package. Bluetooth wants <laughs> to help you have better sex. So discover your options at bluetooth.com. Let's chew it and do it. Y'all. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code JR at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is JR and you'll receive your first month free. 
Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. They do a good job. They're a worldwide great product, uh, just uh, tr- tremendous. And I'm glad that they're with us and they've been with us for a long time. And I can tell you from personal experience, Conrad, I think would concur. It works. Oh yeah. When it's time to get in the game, they're ready for you. And uh, I, lo- I love that. I love a product that works without, without excuses, uh, and just tremendous product. And, uh, somebody was very smart to, to market that. And if you haven't tried it, try it. Cause right now the first month is free. You pay $5 shipping. You can't beat that price. No, but the main thing is that it works and, uh, you will see virtually immediate results and, uh, with a little bit of help from your partner, you're in business. It's going to be a good day. Check it out. Bluetooth.com. Use that promo code JR. It's your first month free. Interesting question from chance Richardson, who happens to be in digital marketing. So he's always a forward thinking fellow. Yeah. He says, good old JR. Where do you see the wrestling business 10 years from now? Do you see augmented or virtual reality playing a role? Now this sounds like a sci-fi question, Jim, but to be clear, Apple has already announced some sort of Google's glasses contraption. And a lot of people are thinking, Hey man, that's what Oculus Rift tried to be like a decade ago. And because it's an Apple product, it might be widely adopted and have some studio heads and things like that. Start creating content for it. Do you think there is uh, that in our future where we're all wearing these headsets and feel like we're in the arena? Well, it could be because, you know, there's things happening right now digitally that I didn't foresee, uh, in my lifetime, but it's there. So I hate to predict what's not going to happen because we see now that the, and di- digitally there's no limits. Uh, so, uh, who knows what's going to, how it's going to change, but I do believe change is in route. So, uh. We'll see how that works out, but I, I can't see things staying status quo. Uh, I, th- I, I see things getting better, uh, and improving. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where it all ends up. It's going to end up someplace different than it is today. Let's talk about what if Dylan Leahy has an interesting question. Would Jim have ever thought about broadcasting baseball had wrestling not worked out or was it always going to be wrestling or football? Well, football was my first love and I did a little football along the way. Uh, but yeah, I, baseball would have been fun. You know, Shivani's a great baseball announcer. He loves the game, uh, and takes it very seriously. He's a data guy, stat guy, but, uh, I'll go back sometimes to listen to some old baseball games and the stories they tell are just tremendous. And Shivani would fit in that role real well. I could do baseball, but it would take a good producer and a research person and let's see where it lands. So yeah, I think a broadcaster just likes broadcasting. And if you got a special love, like I do football, uh, and Shivani does baseball, uh, then there you are. So, uh, Hey, who's, who's to say I'm not going to do baseball somewhere. I used to say that somebody's going to say, Hey, we got a streaming streaming, uh, scenario. And we know you umpired baseball for 20 years 
you're a fan of the game, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where we're going to leave that deal. So, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I started, I stopped eliminating everything that I thought at once, one time I would be doing. And, uh, because I just don't know how to predict the future. Who knows? Another great sports question here from Brent Barnett. He's got a question about skip Bayless. Has JR ever had any interactions with skip Bayless? I think both are from Oklahoma and both are a part of sooner faithful. Also has JR ever had a chance to call an OU football game? I haven't had a chance to call an OU football game, except in my mind, I've called a lot of them. Uh, I have since I was a kid because I grew up as a kid of the radio era. So the theater of the mind, radio, audio, whatever you want, however you want to term it was always in play for me. Uh, skip Bayless. I've met skip a time or two. He was very nice to me because of our Oklahoma heritage, uh, and, uh, was very respectful. I know that his, he's very controversial on his TV show, but I think that's part of the character that he plays, but he's smart. He's a smart guy and he's got, he's got great contacts and instincts. So, uh. I'm a, I'm a skip Bayless fan in that regard. There's a lot of real good morning people. The thing about skip is that he's probably of all the guys that are on TV in that time frame, he was probably, he's probably one of the guys that, that, uh, allows his partners to talk and they don't talk over each other incessantly. Yeah. So skip it. He's in his seventies, still making big money and he's got a great, uh, audience. So, uh, but who knows? I'd like to be on his show sometime. Uh, Adam wants to know during your time working in Louisiana, <laughs> did you order many drive through daiquiris? If so, did you have a favorite daiquiri flavor? Also, are you a fan of crawfish? Uh, these are, I like very- crawfish better than I like daiquiris, Conrad, to be honest with you. <laughs> They're a little sweet for me. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've gotten everything through a drive through alligator tails. You know, uh, any, all, all kinds of food. If you're in Louisiana and you can't find food, you're in trouble. You there, to, there's part of the country your- though, part of the world, maybe they can't believe that there are essentially drive-through liquor stores, but they exist in Florida and Louisiana and, and, and yeah. parts of the South. Right. Uh, and I think as best I can recall, I think the rule is they just put a little piece of tape over the straw hole because they're encouraging you to wait until you get home and. You don't reckon anybody's ever pulled that tape back and just put the straw right in. Do you? I reckon they have. Dang it. That's not the original plan. You know, <laughs> All right. Uh, Francis Reyes wants to know, do you have a favorite clothing item besides, uh, the trusty old hat that brings up good memories, maybe something Jan got you or something you've had a long time ago. Uh, I, I wear, uh, black jeans a lot. So my wardrobe is pretty basic black pants, you know, a, a regular shirt, the hats, of hats, the calling card. Uh, and for a while there, I was wearing, uh, uh, Nike Jordans, red and black Jordans. I don't, I wonder, I keep thinking sometimes where the hell are those shoes? They might be worth something nowadays and they're very comfortable. So that was kind of a part of a black and red ensemble. Yep. That I wore. And, uh, so the shoes are very important to that equation. So, uh, but the hats are still 
topper. No pun intended. Frank wants to know, what did you think of the Roddy Piper gold dust match at WrestleMania 12? Of course, this was an interesting match where I think part of it was pre-taped. Uh, and then they did the cutaway with the, the silly OJ chase. And then the match wound up inside the arena. We would see uh, Roddy strip down gold dust and see that he had some ladies negligee underneath from Fredericks of Hollywood. It was quite a spectacle, but it might not have been your cup of tea. I know you love the, uh, the hard hitting brawl and the action, but yeah. the idea that it was a stop and start and the silly OJ stuff in the middle. what do you think of that? Well, I have mixed reviews, you know, uh, when they finally came into the arena, it's, it kind of gave me a, a life preserver, uh, and it certainly gave a relief to the fans because the fans were excited. They they're getting to see some action in front of them instead, instead of on a big screen. Uh, but I, I thought it was a good presentation. You know, uh, Dustin worked his ass off. So did Roddy. Uh, it was a different kind of match for both of them. They both roasted the occasion and delivered. And, uh, I remember after that match was over, uh, Roddy came up to me and said, uh, you know, what'd you think champ? Everybody's champ. What'd you think champ? I said, I thought it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And, uh, he said, what are you guys going to do with that Bronco? And I don't, I said, hell, I don't have a clue. Why? What's, what's, what's on your mind? And I said, uh, what are you thinking about? And he said, well, if you're, if the old man's not going to use it, I'd like to have it. I said, let me see what I can do about that. So soon thereafter, I go to Vince backstage during shows ongoing. And he, uh, he, he acquiesced. He said, give him the car. So I go to Roddy and I say, you know, we'll shift the car up to you. Oh, no, no, I don't want that to happen. I want to drive it. So the car, the Bronco that, 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 uh, Roddy was in <coughs> was the same Bronco that we gave Roddy mm. as a additional thank you, an addition to his payroll paid payday. So, uh, I guess that Bronco is still floating around someplace, but you know, Vince is very nice to. You know, it's a hall of fame, like, uh, uh, matters, a hall of fame, like gimmick. And Vince is happy to give that to Roddy and Roddy was so pleased that he got that. I got a new car out of it that he drove from California back up to Oregon. Man, that's so interesting to me. Uh, you were doing the payoffs in that era that wouldn't have affected Roddy's pay. No, well, wow. that would have been fair. That'd have been somebody looking to pinch pennies, Conrad. It's, and it's not, it didn't well, work. Vince did a lot of that. I mean, uh, Shane Douglas has been on record as saying they wanted him to go get a, a new shirt for a promo. So they sent a guy out to get a shirt. It was like a, a polo button up, nothing super fancy, but you know, a nice shirt. And then when he got his stub, it was deducted from the paycheck. <laughs> wow. So I, the, I wouldn't wear that. So the idea that we're, we're dinging guys for a polo, but gifting other guys, a, a vehicle is, well, I guess it's Roddy Piper and it's Vince. Yes. Vince is a little eccentric. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Roddy, a little eccentric. Hello. They yep. both were made happy. Yep. So I feel like I did my job. Oh, no doubt. Two of the, two of the key guys in that whole equation, uh, found themselves with a, some more gimmicks, some more, some more, uh, gifts, so to speak, 
and I uh, was glad that we could, I could. All I did was facilitate it. Right. I'm just the guy that went to Vince and said, "Hey, Roddy's interested in the Bronco. Do you want to sell it to him?" And when I and I knew when I said to him, to him meaning Vince, pronoun boy, that uh, uh, he would uh, Roddy would want to. He wouldn't want to. Roddy would would want. He wanted it as a gift. Yeah. As a thank you, as an acknowledgement for his, his, uh, his, his contributions. And they did beat the shit out of each other. And we also knew that, uh, Roddy's tenure was somewhat limited at his age and health status and so forth and so on. So, uh, it was one of the nicer things we got to do for somebody. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we did. I'll always remember that conversation with Roddy, the conversation with Vince. And then uh, awarding Roddy the car, the, the Bronco, that he was childlike. He thought it was just the coolest thing in the world. So if he was happy and Vince was happy, hell, I'm happier in hell. Do you remember there being another time in, in history? Because there's been so many fun, quote unquote, vehicles over the years on WWE programming. Do you remember a time where you guys gave someone else a vehicle? Maybe Stone Cold got a monster truck or whatever the hell. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. I'm sure there were the, those opportunities, Conrad, but I don't recall one specifically. Uh, but I, I know if I had to go back with a gun to my head, there would be other things, you know, uh, Austin seemed like he got something somewhere down the road. It might've been a pickup, mm-hmm. but Vince is just good about that kind of stuff. You know, his Vince's theory was, well, we used this vehicle and we're not going to use it anymore. It's just done. The gimmick's over. We're moving on with more creative. And that, we had that scenario. So uh, I just don't remember specifics. But uh, Vince is very willing to, very generous. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the talents would say the same thing. He was very generous with his, uh, with his uh, you know, ability to gift and make talent happy in a special way. Let's talk about, uh, royalties here for a minute. FF handbook has such a great question about merch. He says, let's say an individual talent gets a dollar royalty for a shirt. Would a four person stable each get $1 or each get 25 cents. Is it split evenly based off of star power? Like would an X-Pac royalty be the same as a triple H royalty for DX stuff? What about short term or former members? That's an interesting question because we've talked to Eric Bischoff before. 
And as he understood it, when the NWO went back to the WWF, they continued to pay royalties for the NWO to Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Of course, Eric Bischoff didn't participate in that. He was not a part of that, but how does that break down? Were you ever involved in that? Can you shed any light on the math and the way you guys arrived at those numbers? I think that the way that I would describe that is that if, uh, you have a basic number, uh, for royalties. In other words, uh, the percentage that you get from the merchandise sales, uh, still existed. If they had, you had four guys getting paid off one garment or one item, uh, like a collection of action figures, then you split it. Uh, so everybody got a little piece of the pie and certainly the pie was a larger, there's a larger piece of the pie, uh, based on units sold, uh, it was, it sounds complicated, but it really isn't. So you got four guys in the NWO, let's say, and their royalties are coming due. So what do you do? Well, you, this item is sold X number. You get a certain percentage based on the house rules. And, uh, so now you got another number. So that number then is divided by how many people are on the creative. So X packs a good, uh, a good illustration. He had, uh, you know, he was a support player, but he was in the, he was in the, he was in the, he was on the team picture, shall we say. And, and we listened, that's how that worked. He just, and he, he paid everybody that was, uh, involved and it worked out pretty good. You know, nobody's going to be completely happy with the royalties. They, they're not, they're happy when they sign their contract and then they're not so happy when they get their royalty check because everybody always underestimates how much the royalty check is going to be. So, uh, and the way you make your big money is that you're the only person like a stone cold action figure. So it's just a simple math really. And, uh, I didn't really have too many guys complaining about it. A lot of them, like I said, the, the most common, uh, feeling Connie was guys thought that they should be paid more because they didn't do any math before the release of their money for the royalty. It didn't, it didn't change. <laughs> it wasn't a, a brother-in-law deal. It's, it was shared equally if it ne- needed to be. And, uh, but by and large, there's just new money for the talents. You know, WWE had the most re- refined, uh, royalty system in all of pro wrestling for forever. And, uh, that's kind of how we settled that thing. It really wasn't a settlement. It was just was common sense and how that thing worked out. Well, I think it's common sense to start every day with one delicious scoop of AG one. Jim and I are both big believers in this. We think you will be too. And we want you to try it. If you're a long time listener, you might know that I've actually been using this for about four years now. And I actually started drinking AG one daily at the start of the pandemic, but my wife was on this train long before. And that's because AG one is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal need like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. As a matter of fact, since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. 
continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG one, but I also love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. It's also got B vitamins to support your energy support and your adaptogens. And how about a little vitamin C and zinc to support your immune health? It's got something for everybody. And I recommend AG one to all my family and friends because man, you just can't beat starting your day and setting it up for success to support the things that really matter, like energy and focus and, and, and just the, the gut optimization. I'm a big fan of the mental clarity that it brings for my life. My wife uses it on her way to the gym. Uh, everybody in my family at this point is using it and they always tell me they feel more energy and they feel like they can go longer throughout the day and maybe their stress levels even feel more manageable. That's been our experience. I would love to hear your experience. AG one is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's what we've been doing for so long here. And the reason they've been partnering here with us here on grilling JR, if you want to take ownership over your health, man, it starts with AG one, try AG one and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG one travel packs with your first purchase. Go right now to drinkag1.com slash JR. That's drinkag1.com slash JR. Check it out. I think you'll be glad you did. And I want to let you know that, uh, even though Thanksgiving is right upon us, we will be back next week talking about all things Christian. What an incredible run Christian has been on this year in AEW. He's been, uh, doing it all with Nick Wayne and. I can't wait to see what's next for Christian, but we're going to take a look in the rearview mirror, talk about his time teaming with edge, his first singles run. And of course we're going to touch on his time in AEW as well. By the way, if your business targets men, 25 to 54 years old, no better place to advertise than right here with us. Uh, we've had some of the same sponsors for years and that's because it really works. If you're looking for those dudes, man, we got them. Check it out at advertisewithjr.com. Jim, let's do a couple more and then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, Ray wants to know, how did you feel putting over things like Mr. Socko? Is that a little too cartoony for you or did you dig it? I, 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 uh, dug the fact that I had a job. Okay. I, I dug the fact that I was there to enhance talent, which is every announcer's goal, enhance the talent, the storylines, get people tuned in. And, uh, so I didn't really have a big issue. I might not have liked it before the show. I may have said, well, you know, I don't know about that, but you got to let it play out because there've been times when you could, I could say, well, this is not going to work. And it did. So, you know, you know, dude loves a good example. He, he had, he, he had things working for in his favor for three, uh, hell for over a year, just changing characters up. And in the beginning, I didn't know that that was even going to work. I had no idea what a dude love is. I knew who it was, right? but I didn't know how he was going to perform. So it was, uh, you just do your job. It's like, I, I quite a lot of things to football. I apologize for that. If it offends anybody, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, you got a job to do. And you know, if, if that's if getting dude love over is going to help the Mick Foley family, for example, then let's do it. Let's do it and, and not be so selfish and, uh, or it's not all about the announcer. It's all about the talent. So that's, that's kind of how I saw it. 
It might not be my cup of tea, but you're not going to know it from the commentary. Zach Neal has a great question and I think I might know the answer, but I'm curious to hear if maybe there's a different one. I find it surprising that never once in the history of WrestleMania has a world title match been a ladder match in your time. Was that idea ever discussed? Was it something that was deliberately avoided? And if so, why? I don't think it was ever avoided. Uh, you know, uh, we had ladder matches at WrestleMania, you know, the TLC matches were, uh, certainly would be considered without question. Uh, but I don't think there was any boycott of uh, a ladder match at WrestleMania. It all depend on who was hot and who's on, who the talents were. In other words, the night that we did the TLC match, the three way, uh, who else could have done that better than the guys that are in the ring? Nobody Hardy's Dudley's and edge and Christian. And who's, who do you put in those, those spots that is going to outperform those dudes? I don't know of anybody. So, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was an interesting, uh, that's an interesting question. And I'm sure somewhere down the road, maybe this year, who knows, uh, you'll have a scenario where the ladder match fits the talent to fit the moment at WrestleMania. Michael has a great question, uh, about something we're all going to be talking about a month from today. Is JR going to check out the film, the iron claw and does JR have any stories about his interactions with the Von Eric family? Uh, I had a lot of interactions with the Von Eric family. I didn't necessarily get along great with Fritz because Fritz is a lot like cowboy, his way of the highway. And they were partners. So I kind of let bill handle all that stuff with Fritz. Uh, I think my age, the fact that I wasn't a wrestler. Uh, adversely affected my relationship with, uh, with Fritz. So, uh, but you know, I don't hold that against him. A lot of guys did that to me and I just kept moving on in the direction I was in. Uh, so no, I, I, I had the, the, the Von Eric kids were so talented off, uh, off, sort of say offensively, but they were offensive. Uh, but I just didn't, uh, I had, a, I had some issues with them. The, the, the drug and alcohol use was, uh, harmful, uh, unsteady, uh, but it was that way. And, uh, I know cowboy was used in the Von Erics immensely because the Von Eric television in, uh, uh, Dallas came into Oklahoma on cable. So they had a built in platform to the Von Erics. And, uh, it seemed like it worked out pretty good. We used the Von Eric boys, uh, a lot until we couldn't depend on them for the reliability. They were good kids. They weren't malicious. They just couldn't handle their booze and their pills. Larry wants to know as you're close to a third a third book, do you think we'll ever see a Vince McMahon autobiography? I don't think so. What do you think? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, I agree that, uh, it certainly would be interesting to read and to see how he perceived uh, how he evaluated his, his place in history. I, I'd sure, I'd sure, certainly buy it, read it probably more than once. Uh, but I, I gotta believe that someplace down the line, you can almost guarantee there will be a Vince McMahon autobiography, whether he writes it himself or he has a big hand in it. 
then that remains to be seen. It's too good a topic for some ambitious author uh, not to uh, take advantage of. So when, I don't know, but if, absolutely it'll happen. Well, Jim, as folks are listening to this today, it's Thanksgiving. We're winding down the show. I wanted to give you a minute here to just say what you are thankful for. It's something that my family goes around the table and does every Thanksgiving. And although you've been invited five years in a row to the Thompson family, <laughs> Thanksgiving, this will be Oh, and five for my invites. Go ahead and tell everybody what you're thankful for today on Thanksgiving, Jim. I'm thankful that you remembered to embarrass me once again on this <laughs> invite. I would love to, to spend some Thanksgiving time with your family. I met your family. They're great people. Good old salt of the earth, fo earth folks. Uh, and you know, this year, Conrad, ironically, if, if my health was better today, uh, I'd certainly want to do everything I could to be at your place. It's just, uh, travel is just. And getting on an airplane, you know, I, I sent out a tweet the other day that I'm taking some, uh, in going forward, I'm going to be taking some appearances. I got a new guy, uh, and I, it's on Twitter, uh, the address and all that stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a good spot. I just got to get healthy so I can make those flights and, uh, and, and come, uh, to their towns. And, and their events, I love doing them. I really do. So, uh, sooner than later, as much as, as soon as I get clearance to fly and all that good stuff, uh, we'll, we'll be right back where we were. I, I guarantee it because I'm not going to have it any other way. It's my choice to get healthy. It's my decision to get healthy and I'm going to, that's where I, that's my goal. Get healthy. You know, blood sugar issues are aside, you know, still got this, uh, radiation wound on my ankle, left ankle. Uh, it's just, uh, it seemed like every day today I've got a, a zoom call with my cardiologist and, and, uh, so we're going to, we're doing, I'm doing all I can to stay on top of it. Uh, and I believe that I'm getting better and my doctors believe they're getting better. So we'll see. We'll see. I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm alive. I'm alive and I'm going to I want to stay alive for several more years and enjoy the fruits of my labor. I enjoy going out to these signings and meeting fans. Uh, it's just, a, it's a great honor to be in front of them. And I'm going to be doing some more of those sooner than later. Connie, it's just, uh, I, I look at it as a, tremendous, uh, opportunity and a cool deal. So, uh, let's see how quick we can get there. Well, we're thankful that we had the time with you today, Jim, and we're thankful to all of you for tuning in and checking us out here on grilling Jr. next week. We're talking all things Christian. Hope you guys enjoy the football and the Turkey and the family this week. We'll be back next week, right here on grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Count your blessings, everybody, and say grace in any form that you choose. But uh, never, never take for granted your your luxuries and the good things that are happening in your life. And if you're healthy, that's a great gift. It's a great gift. So uh, I appreciate Conrad and Bull Ramos and his whole crew. 
they helped me through this deal. We had a rough start this morning on the, uh, the computer. I wish that I had, I'd be thankful if I had more knowledge. <laughs> God dang, it's frustrating sometimes, but in any event, uh, you guys make it happen. And, and we appreciate that very much, very much. Well, we appreciate you, Jim, and we'll see you guys next week right here on grilling Jr. Happy Turkey day. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what adfreeshows.com is all about. Get early ad free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-free shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like title chase, Eric fires back conversations with Conrad and the insiders plus new series like the book with David Crockett, Monday mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick and a whole lot more. And you want to talk about early. You can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch alongs, Q and A's and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now, see for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And Hey, when you do the first week is completely free adfreeshows.com. Hey everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game, every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.